It is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160. That's the call in line. You can call in and talk about anything you want. 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Angie. And Bonnie. And I have been at work all day, so I have absolutely nothing in the way of show prep. Uh, I, I mean, I generally don't anyway because of the restrictions of my release. I'm basically allowed to use Fox and MSNBC for news. I wondered about that because I knew there were some restrictions. And have you found anything useful on any any of those? Useful? Or that you no. would want to talk about? Uh, sure. But, I mean, I haven't really had the chance to do that today. Evidently, though, a North Carolina man was fatally shot by a sheriff's deputy who was executing a search warrant. So that's that's the news today. Police are still killing people. They've been doing that this whole week. They've been doing that this whole decade <laughs> and, and then some. Who else have they killed? There was a 15 year old, right? That got oh, shot in the chest. Right. Yeah. Um, what is, is that the same one that was going to stab another girl, but it got shot? She had a knife. I, I don't know about the whole story, but I knew she had a knife. Yeah, I just saw headlines on that. There's also news from MSNBC about China being behind another hack as U.S. security, cybersecurity issues are mounting. So evidently the Chinese government, to the surprise of no one, is, you know, hacking the United States government. I don't particularly care about that, though, because it's just two governments fighting with each other. Yep, exactly. I really don't care what the <laughs> result of that is going to be. And I don't really care what the details of it are. Yeah, Mark tried to tell me on the show that China is like a million times more evil than the United States government, <laughs> whether I want to believe it or not. And I just don't really see it. I think the, that they're both pretty evil. Mark has this weird anti-China thing going on. It's it's very peculiar. I, I would agree the Chinese government, I would probably rather be under the jur- jurisdiction of the American government than the Chinese government. Yeah. I mean, at least the American government didn't, you know, weld people shut in their homes in response to COVID-19. That really happened. Allegedly. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to trust any news that comes out of China because it's all going to be underground. The, the yeah. Chinese government isn't going to admit to doing that. Of course not. But they do have concentration camps for like 3 million-ish uh, Uyghur Muslims, that, yeah. and they're kind of genociding them. So I have to agree the Chinese government is a bit more evil than the American Yeah, I'd government. probably much rather live here. I just think like that's what they're doing to their own people, which is horrible, but the United States government is doing that to people all over the world, so it's kind of even. They're both very evil. I mean, he, Mark was like, are your organs being harvested? No. <laughs> But I mean, I, it's a fair point. They are <laughs> right. They they are forcefully sterilizing people and are harvesting. And their Americans organs. are going over to get organs. Oh, that's scary. Right? That's unpleasant. I'm not surprised though. I mean, if we just had, if we just opened this up to you know free trade, where people could just sell a kidney if they wanted to, then a lot of this would go away. But they can't. That would mean there would be a lot of companies not making so much money. Yeah, unfortunately. But anyway, we're coming to an end of the mask mandates, it would seem. At least here in New Hampshire, the statewide mandate has expired. But apparently more liberal publications are calling for stopping outdoor mask mandates, saying that it's meaningless political theater. This is from Fox News, which is why they are focusing on it. A trio of stories and left-leaning news outlets this week called for either the end of outdoor mask mandates or pleaded with Americans to embrace a return to normal life 
as the coronavirus vaccines continue to be distributed, distributed in the millions. Have you noticed that there's been a decrease in people wearing masks in New Hampshire since that ended? I haven't. I haven't either. They all still have them on their cars and are in their cars and on their on the sidewalk and running and jogging. Well, yeah. here in Keene, it's still required. So the Keene City Ordinance is still in place. So that may be why, but but you're but I go to like Walpole, Westmoreland, or, or I go to like all kinds of places. I'm you know all kinds of places, and I see everyone in most of the stores, even the gas stations that you go in. They don't say anything, but when you go in, the you know the the clerk has it and the customers have it, and you're usually the only one. And of course, I take the kids in. So, so Atlantic staff writer Derek Thompson called for governments to give an off ramp to normalcy by getting rid of outdoor mask rules. I can't believe outdoor mask rules even exist in the first place. Yeah, I just kind of thought people were doing that to themselves outside. Yeah, I I, I had hoped they were. At least here in New Hampshire, we were never told you have to wear a mask outdoors. No, but kids have to wear them when they play sports. Really? Mm-hmm. Whenever they play kids sports, uh, the basketball teams, the soccer teams, the um, anything that is a league that is ran by some kind of organization, they had to have the masks on. So Derek Thompson likened people wearing their masks while walking into a restaurant only to take it off as they sat down in proximity to other people in order to eat to someone unbuckling their seatbelt as they started driving. Well, they have to take their masks down to eat. That would make sense. I mean, that's unavoidable. It's not like you have to take your seatbelt off in order to drive. You don't. But you do have to take your mask down in order to eat at a restaurant. I have officially seen these people who pull down their masks in between bites and then pull it back up to chew. Yep, I've seen that too. It's so depressing. That's really just gross to me. Like, I don't know. I already don't want to know that you have like your breath just in your mask all day, but definitely not your like cheeseburger chewing breath. That's so gross. Just directly into some clop. Well, plus there's the the reality that the more they touch their mask, the more they're spreading germs onto their hands. And I don't know what coconut is so excited about but he is really loving me at the moment (laughs) he's not bothering me as more and more of the population is vaccinated governments need to give americans an off-ramp to the post-pandemic world ending outdoor mask mandates or at the very least telling people when they can expect outdoor mask mandates to lift is a good place to start for a few reasons this has to be in like california or something has it said where it is it hasn't okay but it Outdoor mask mandates is just so foreign a concept to me. Studies have repeatedly shown that outdoor transmission of the virus is exceedingly rare, with the only examples being when people are talking loudly in close quarters or a large crowd for a significant length of time. Thompson noted that asking, excuse me, axing outdoor mask rules would also lead more people to wear them indoors where transmission is most likely to occur. I don't know about that. I had COVID-19 definitively lost my sense of smell which i didn't get tested because there was no point because you had it yeah yeah and no one i work with got sick so i don't know how transmissible it really is but not a single person i came in contact with uh got covid19 as a result so the new republics natalie sure mocked massachusetts governor charlie baker for instituting an outdoor mask mandate in november in response to a surge in cases and said it's Ongoing ubiquity is meaningless political theater. She acknowledged their use in northeastern blue cities had persisted, quote, as a strong social norm. So these these liberal publications, they're not calling for an end to mask mandates. They're calling for an end to outdoor mask mandates. Yes, that's what it sounds like. Which I, I guess that's still good. But, you know, when Sununu let this mask mandate in New Hampshire expire, he said something to the effect of, 
I would I would have to pull it up to get the exact quote, but it was we don't need a mandate for New Hampshire to people to know how to take care of one another. It was like, okay, but that was true two weeks ago too, right? When you had your mandate in place. But he basically admitted that no mandate was necessary, had never been necessary, because the people of New Hampshire know how to care for one another. But that didn't stop him. Yeah, he still had it in place. Yeah. He didn't repeal it. He just had a sudden change of heart, it would seem. Except he really didn't. I heard from Vincent that it was really just that they made it to where he had to go along with repealing it. So he's just kind of putting his name on it right after the fact when it actually didn't have anything to do with him. Like, he didn't, like, just choose to repeal it. The house, or Sorry, the house and the... Or whatever of New Hampshire. I'm sorry. I'm like I don't care about politics. It's hard to talk about it correctly. But the House people that um, were like the like Free Staters, they made almost like or 50 percent um, in their votes. So they had to repeal it. Like he didn't get the chance to to renew it. Like it actually wasn't him like vetoing the mask mandate. It actually wasn't Sanu News like choice. And then he just went well, along. He's with the it. only one with the choice. Vincent's incorrect. But I think it was we may have proof. the numbers in the House of Representatives to overturn his ability to issue executive orders or something like that. But to also have the Senate and to, then he's got to sign off on it and it would go back to the House and, you know, they'd have to override the veto. because I could not be going explaining to it, it wrong, but like he couldn't veto it because of the amount of like it was more than 50 percent. And, and that would have been like his only answer. I don't know. Let me like get the actual uh, like words straight with Vincent and then I'll report back. And it would have taken years. 603-283-6160. That's the call in line. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Talk about anything you want. 603-283-6160 is the number for you to do that. 603-283-6160. And I want to tell you about... I'm not going to be able to find it quickly enough. So I don't want to tell you about anything at the moment because I'm very unprepared and I'm trying to do several things at once, like always, and just worked a freaking 10-hour shift, so I'm not at the top of my game as one would expect. I mean, I woke up at eight o'clock this morning as well. And that's, that's super weird for me considering I like sleeping until like one in the afternoon. But anyway, we do in the studio tonight. It's Aria. Angie. And Bonnie. See, I may have even already done that. I'm not sure. (laughs) Not this time. We did before. Yeah. I did that last night though, like twice, right in the (laughs) same segment. Did everybody say their names? Yeah. (laughs) But they pointed out that they'd also just done that. But let's go to the phones. We got Mark calling. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Are you with us? Oh, you're muted on the board. Tonight. I'm sorry. Start over, Mark. I said hello to girls. It sounds like she talked live tonight. Hey, Mark. <laughs> we're enjoying it. How are you? All well. Thanks. Aria, you may need to turn up your mic a little bit. Um, Angie and uh, Bonnie are much more clear than you are. Okay. So... I'm driving down to, uh, you know, Florida. I am currently in Florida. And as I drive, I have plenty of time to think. And I'm just becoming more and more impatient with this judge, whomever it is, um, in Ian's case. It's been five weeks to determine whether or not Ian is safe enough to get out. We had to, uh, you know... 
listen to one magistrate give a 17-page tortured explanation as to why she felt like he was economically dangerous. Not so economically dangerous that the FBI actually did anything about him for five years, mind you, but economically dangerous that now that they have this tenuous and, uh, you know, clawing case of theirs, that he must stay in jail so that he can't get out to talk to his attorney and actually put a case together to fight it. Um, you know, the, she, she went through uh, talking about his, uh, pa- his world passport, which is a, a novelty item that he bought on the Internet, suggesting that if he gave it up, he would always he would be able to buy another. Well, so would anybody who ever gets out on bail. They'd be able to buy a world passport, too. It was $100. That's how the Internet works. Yeah. Yeah, it's $100, if that. <laughs> um, I'm sure you could write them and get it for cheaper. It's just a piece of paper. And, uh, you know, I mean, so that's ridiculous. It's, it's all ridiculous. Um, she said that he was economically dangerous, and that he didn't have ties to New Hampshire. A guy who's lived in New Hampshire for almost 20 years, run for governor, um, and, you know, recently moved his girlfriend to New Hampshire, somehow doesn't have ties to New Hampshire. Exactly what the ties to New Hampshire look like if Ian Freeman doesn't have them, I don't know. Yeah, he always but, comes back. Um, right. He I mean, doesn't even like to leave. No, he hates it. Hates to leave. Um, you know, if he goes someplace, it's got to be very, very uh, clear as to when he goes and, uh, you know, when he returns. And believe me, I'm the guy who makes the schedules of when he leaves, and he doesn't like to leave. So this judge just dragging his feet, presumably it's a he, I don't know, um, dragging his feet, waiting to make some kind of determination, It is to me... Um, the magistrate's already transparently shown that she is a tool of the, uh, you know, prosecution. But this judge well, they are is on the same team. To, uh, they, the, the judge is beginning to uh, make me believe that the uh, the executive and the judicial are in collusion once again. Well, would you think anything different? I, you know, I'm 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 hoping that the judge isn't a shill for an underlying authoritarian regime, but I'm beginning to think otherwise. Well, I think that they're always on the same team. Well, the uh, judicial branch is the most loved of the branches. Remember, uh, people, people compare the legislative branch to cockroaches. So, I mean, it's not, it's not a high bar or anything. Um, and people trust judges more than they trust other people. And I, I, I would call myself in that same boat. You know, I still believe that judges every once in a while will call a foul a foul and call a strike a strike, you know. Um, but I, I also understand that many judges are prosecutors and have a very difficult time, uh, you know, giving up that, uh, that way of thinking. And we're waiting on the judge now to make a decision, correct? That's correct. We're waiting for him to determine whether or not Ian can get out of jail on bond or get a bond at all. Now, remember, the pedophile uh, police union chief in Boston got a quarter million dollar bond. I did not right know that. Off the bat. Okay. Um, so, I mean, you know, a guy who is legitimately a danger to society is given a bond because uh, you works. It's professional courtesy. You know, he works for the system. Um, but 
you know, a guy who is not even accused of ever harming anyone is, uh, is rots in jail because he might buy a, a rubber chicken on the internet. <laughs> so I'm just, uh, you know, I'm wondering, does anyone, has anyone done any research on this judge yet? Does anyone know this person's name? I don't know this person's name or done any research on this judge. I haven't been able to find yeah. anything. I, I've been on the docket thing that um, I got for the Pacer account or whatever, and I haven't seen any update about ever since the um, appeal was put in. Yeah, has a judge been even been assigned to it yet? Well, they assigned a case. They they, they assigned a date for the court case uh, next month, as though um, Ian's going to be ready for that. I mean, you know, they've had five years to prepare, and. Uh, you know, like 50,000 pages of discovery. Um, Ian's legal team obviously isn't going to be able to uh, jump into that. And obviously the judge will give them time to... Uh, yeah, that, that's how they did information. The, the, the case has already been scheduled tentatively for, I think, March of 2022. That's the, the reschedule then? Yes. I don't recall the exact okay. time frame. I mean, it hasn't even been scheduled. They're like, hey, this is the soonest that any of this could possibly happen. And it, it was like spring of 2022 or something. So that's already been okay. pushed back. I mean, obviously, yes, discovery of 50, 60,000 pages of evidence. There is no possible way uh, anyone's attorney here could possibly look over that amount of information in the time frame of May the 4th. So, yeah. So, Mark, how likely do you think it would be that they would push this as long as they can and keep him in there until the actual trial in March of 2022? That seems unlikely. I think they have to make a decision at some point um, in, you know, it's it's my opinion, just sitting out here, you know, coming up with excuses for them um, is that they have to let him out. They just it's the you know, they're just always want to do what the prosecution says. So um, they're dragging their feet on a ruling, which, um, you know, they, it's, it's a completely unsubstantiated uh, piece of paper. That, Mark, that you want to stick around for another? Out. You want to stick around? No, no. All right. No, All right. I'll let you go. Take care, Mark. Thanks so much uh, for the call tonight, Mark. 603-283-6160. Take control of the airwaves like Mark just did and bitch about something if you want. It's Free Talk Live. Everyone has a different war. For some, in the UN peacekeeping mission to Grenya, the struggle is just to survive. For others, it's to remain sane. For the rebels of the freehold of Grenya, their war is for their very way of life. They'll do everything and anything to stop this invasion. And they mean to make the enemy suffer. Because physical wounds heal. Freehold. Defiance. A collection of hard-hitting tales gathered by series creator Michael Z. Williamson and BaneBooks.com. It's Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160. That's the call in line. You can take control of the airwaves and talk about anything that's on your mind. 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria, Angie, and Bonnie. And Freedoms Phoenix is a liberty-oriented news aggregation site. So if you want the newest and freshest stories and perspective on current events from those who value liberty, then you should check out freedomphoenix.com. 
Their daily dispatch is the best way to stay up to date on science, technology, historical findings, liberty news, government overspending, and the rise of the police state. Freedoms with an S, Phoenix. Dot com freedomsphoenix.com now angie you brought in a fascinating story that uh I, I think people are going to enjoy yes i found one um earlier on cnn that said let me go to it that says did a poor sleep nearly doubles risk of sexual dysfunction in women what do they describe as sexual dysfunction well, I am unsure at the moment what they describe as sexual dysfunction, but it just talks about how uh, women, as they get older and they don't get enough sleep, were nearly twice as likely to issue reports of lack of sexual interest or pleasure than women who got plenty of shut-eye. Okay. So yeah. that's sexual dysfunction then is just being not horny? Not, not interested, but that could also be you have a long-term partner and you don't like them, or you have kids and you're irritated. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of things that that could probably stem from. But it says that it was a study that poor sleep was measured by the Pittsburgh Sleep Quality Index, which asked questions about ability to fall and stay asleep and the use of sleep medication, daytime drowsiness, and more. The study also found that good sleep quality was linked with having more sexual activity. Does that surprise anyone? Kind I mean, of surprises it kind of does. Me. I, yeah, I, don't, it, I don't sleep at all, but I have, I'm fairly sexually active. It right. surprises me because I get such good sleep and I get so excited to go to sleep. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, my boyfriend's going to want to have sex with me, but I just want to go to sleep because it's going to be great. But you're not considered an older woman. I mean, you're still in your prime. Oh. I hate sleeping and I always have. I mean, it's just wow. little slices of unconsciousness. Well, where... I'm grumpy if I don't get sleep. Well, sure. As am I, but I still don't like the idea of sleeping and I don't like knowing that I have to sleep. Wow, I'm the total opposite. I like get excited to go to sleep and go to dream world. I would rather be productive for those few hours. So how long just... do you think you sleep when you sleep? Like per night, what's your average? Uh, five hours. Well, that's, that's, I probably get seven to eight. I don't, I hate sleeping. But and know what's your sleep schedule? Like seven in the morning till one in the afternoon, something like that. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's to... usually, I guess it, on average, it probably works out to being closer to six hours a night. Because it's usually about seven that I fall asleep, not eight. I know that Michael can get sleep. He sleeps like that kind of schedule and he can get a little bit of sleep and function like forever and stay up till two or three or four in the morning and not me. I'm completely dead. Do you like the night though, Aria? Because I just like, I hate the night. I like sleeping through it so it doesn't exist in my world. I, I love the night. The, uh, during the day, trying to be productive is almost impossible because people are texting me or calling me or emailing me. During, at night, none of that happens. I can just sit there and focus on a thing and be productive and not have to worry about whether or not Ernie wants to play a re pre-recorded show or something. But now how often do you miss things during the day when people need you? If they need me before 1 a.m., that's their, I mean, 1 in the afternoon, that's their problem. So they know. They're like, <laughs> oh, no, Aria's sleeping. Just, we'll wait. Back when I had Telegram and actually said, they're on my account, don't message me before noon. <laughs> okay, well, that's good to know. Um, back to this. It says, if you put a platter of sleep and a platter of sex in front of a tired woman, she's going to pick sleep every time. These results, she added, should be a wake-up call for physicians to begin asking their patients about their sleep and their sexual functioning. In an ideal world, every woman should be asked by a primary care provider about her sexual function. And is this happening? No, it is not. Sleep may be sometimes 
something easier to ask about, and poor sleep is associated with many negative outcomes, such as cardiovascular disease. If she's not sleeping well, that leads to the next question, because sexual function is probably suffering too. Sleep and sex are intertwined. It's not just women who experience sexual dysfunction due to poor sleep. It's men. A 2009 study found obstructive sleep apnea, a potentially serious sleep disorder in which breathing repeatedly stops and starts, was linked to erectile dysfunction and more global sexual difficulties in men. Interesting. I have sleep apnea. Well, sleep apnea is where you're, you stop breathing, yeah. right, for a little bit? That sucks. Do you, oh. do you have one of the machines? No. Have no. you ever had it? I'm just like, going to let it kill me one day. I mean, what do I care? <laughs> but once you start, won't you always start breathing again? I'm sorry? Once you always start breathing again with sleep yeah. apnea? Okay. Well, I mean, some people die of it, but I, I don't think it's anything that's worth my time or concern. Yeah, but, or, I mean, you're pretty fit, so they might be in like bad shape or yeah. obese. Or, There's an NFL player who was in like, he was like 32 or something, and he died of sleep apnea in his sleep. Oh, well, he but was it, probably it in good shape. seems to be pretty rare. Okay. Does it like wake you up because you're like, oh my God, I stopped breathing? I It has woken me up before, but only because I had stopped breathing for such an a long period of time that I began convulsing and that woke me up. How long ago was that? Oh, that hasn't, it hasn't happened in years. Okay. So maybe your lifestyle was different. Oh, it was for sure different. Okay. It says there are a number of reasons on the other hand, that having good sex is linked to better sleep. Orgasms are not only relaxing, which can promote slumber, but they result in a boost of certain hormones that aid sleep in both men and women after sex. In women, for example, estrogen levels increase after an orgasm, and that can enhance REM cycles and promote a better night's sleep. I don't know. After I have an orgasm, I'm pretty energized. I am not sleepy at all. I'm so sleepy right after having sex. Um, uh, No. Michael's like, (laughs) hey. And I'm like, okay, well, we're not going to sleep now. And he just conks out. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get up and clean the kitchen. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) No. Says in men, orgasms increases production of a hormone called prolactin that promotes deep wave sleep, the type of that the body needs to repair and restore itself. In a new study, over 3,400 women who visited the Mayo Health Clinics in Rochester, Minnesota, and Scottsdale, Arizona, completed questionnaires on sleep quality from December 2016 to September 2019. The women who are average of age 53 also went under also underwent clinical evaluation for sexual dysfunction and were asked to rate their level of distress about their sex life. You can't call it sexual dysfunction unless a woman is distressed about it, they said. For example, a woman woman can have low sexual desire, but it may not bother her. So we are the first study to not to my knowledge that has actually looked at, at not only sexual function, but distress related to that. The research was part of the larger study called the Dreams Research, if you want to look into it, where 9,000 women were studied for a dozen years. Jesus, that's an extensive study. I would think so. says what to do. First, don't hesitate to discuss both sleep and sexual concerns with your physician. While most women will be able to identify that they're suffering from a mood disorder like depression or anxiety, they may not realize that they are struggling with other issues, such as sleep apnea or the uncontrollable urge to move your legs called restless leg syndrome. I still think that's a completely fabricated disease. Restless leg syndrome? Yeah. Cause, I mean, they had a medication that didn't do anything except make people not move when they sleep. So, so it was like a sleeping pill. So they're like, all right, well, we've already spent 15 years and 10, 20, 30 million dollars trying to invent this drug. And it turns out it doesn't really do anything. So let's just invent this disease and convince people they have it. 
Well, I think that it would probably be something about what they ingested before they were getting ready to go to sleep, like even hours before coffee, caffeine, sodas, you know, lots of sugar, depending on what they put in their bodies is going to determine how well they sleep. Also true. And I'm not even if restless leg syndrome, whatever, I'm not sure it's abnormal for people to move in their sleep. No, I don't think so. It's certainly not something that needs to be treated with medication, in my opinion, but I'm not a medical doctor. So what do I know? Says women can also do their best to practice good sleep hygiene. For example, you can exercise. Try outside if possible. Try to get some exercise, which will reduce, build up stress chemicals and promote better sleep. Do they mean exercise before sleep? I believe so. Exercise during the day, maybe, which will help you be exhausted at night if you do it right. I, I could see that one, but they, they want me to start like doing jumping jacks or something before I'm going to bed. That's Your heart not rate's going to be high. <laughs> it's like, that's the opposite of what I'm trying to achieve here. What are your thoughts? Do you have... Sleep issues leading to sexual frustrations, or what was the terminology they used? Sexual dysfunction. Sexual dysfunction. 603-283-6160. More coming up, unless you want to talk about something else. 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control, 603-283-6160. That's the call in line. You can call in and talk about anything you want, 603-283-6160. And we talked to Mark earlier, who alluded to the Crypto 6, because on March the 16th of 2021, that's this year, obviously, government agencies conspired together and raided the Free Talk Live studio, the Bitcoin embassy, my house, Renee and Andy Spinella's house, and Colleen Fordham, the 60-year-old grandmother. We were then arrested and taken into custody while Ian Freeman and nobody remain in custody. You may be wondering what you can do to help. Check out TheCrypto6.com. There are multiple ways in which you can donate to the Legal Defense Fund because these charges aren't a joke. They're, this case is likely going to affect cryptocurrency for decades to come. And it's going to take a serious legal team and experts to protect us from further state aggression. This case will likely set precedent. I said that, sorry. Help us in our fight for liberty and financial freedom by contributing to the Legal Defense Fund at thecrypto6.com. Once more, thecrypto6.com. Let's go to the phones. So we've got Tom calling from here in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Going back to the day when George Floyd was being murdered and some humans were uh, shooting the cops with cameras, okay? And that got gathered the evidence, and that got uh, one cop convicted, but George Floyd is dead. And imagine if they had, why didn't people go up there and shoot the cop with guns? And the reason is because the government intimidates people out of protecting somebody who is being brutally murdered. This is part of the problem. It's not just cops being free to lie their way out of uh, murder charges. It's people being intimidated into uh, standing by and not doing anything about it. And so laws need to be changed so that, uh, you know, if you're uh, there when it's happening and you kill the cop, then you are not guilty of any crime. And let's say they're arresting somebody on a curfew violation and the humans go out and they kill the cop 
And the next day, the state Supreme Court hands down its long-awaited ruling, which is that the curfew is so unconstitutional that even the government's own puppet judges in the government's own kangaroo courts cannot uphold it. it that means it was null and void ab initio from the yeah. beginning, from the moment that it was... Let me interject uh, because you're wrong. Uh, people aren't scared of, you know, um, stopping the police from doing what they're doing. People are scared of peer pressure and how their peers will judge them. There have been numerous studies about this, taking people who were, quote, supposed to be waiting for interviews, or that's what they were told. They were waiting on an interview in a lobby. So the the study involved people sending smoke out of a door in order to make it look like there was a fire. And when the person was alone, they would always go knock on the door, make sure nothing was on fire, make sure everyone was okay. But as soon as you introduced another person into that situation, even as their eyes were watering from smoke, they would just sit there and pretend like everything was fine because the absolute last thing the average human being wants is to be perceived as overreacting. That's why people well, won't get involved with cops. That, that's, that's what caused people to stand there and watch as like six men raped a woman. They didn't want to look what? like they were overreacting. Well, I would what say else? that I would be scared to shoot the cop in that situation because there was four other cops there that might just shoot at me. So that all of those cops are equally We shouldn't guilty. be shooting cops anyway. Oh, no, yeah, but, but it, let's say that he's just, like, going up to a random person and just starts beating them up, like, punching them in the face and stuff, and, like, your average person would want to retaliate against the cop, maybe not even shoot them. If there's four other cops standing around there watching, you might not do anything because the four other cops would start doing that to you, you know what I mean? Well, keep in mind, let's say the next day, like I say, the state Supreme Court hands down its... A long-awaited ruling that the curfew is uh, null and void, which what means curfew? it was equally null and void, equally idea. unconstitutional. The moment there's no that curfew in there's no curfew there, in New Hampshire, Tom. Therefore, l- let me finish the point. Therefore, what are you talking about? There's no curfew now, in New Hampshire. If a cop is trying to arrest somebody on a have a good night, Tom. I dude, I don't know what you're talking about. I he, literally he kept mentioning don't. curfew, and I was unsure. Yeah. I, I maybe, but didn't you said he was from New Hampshire? He said there. He is. He's Tom from New Hampshire. He said there's a Supreme Court ruling tomorrow that the curfew is unconstitutional. Dude, what curfew? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he was just trying to make a point, and he just never got to it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he didn't really listen to either of our points anyway. No, he he he's one of the people who who just likes to talk, and that that's fine. But I have to know what you're talking about in order for that to happen. And in that particular scenario, I, I no, Ari, I you just hush that. and let him finish. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we're talking about sleep and sex here on what did Mark call it? She Talk Live. She Talk, yeah, yeah. I think there used to be a show called She Talk Live on LRN.FM, if I recall correctly. I believe you're right, in like 2011, 2012, maybe? It would, it would have been a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so we're talking about sleep and sex here in this article that alleges that, you know, healthy sleep leads to healthy sex and healthy sex leads to healthy sleep. So even though I don't sleep a lot, maybe it's just that I sleep really well and I sleep really well because I am sexually active. Okay, well, that would make sense. But I'm sexually active and I don't sleep really well. I don't know if I sleep really well or not. I mean, I don't feel rested when I wake up. I mean, I generally have to start pounding caffeine and nicotine before I don't want to murder anyone. (laughs) And because of sleep apnea, I wake up with a headache every single day. So I don't know how much rest I'm actually getting. Do you take anything for that? No, just Just. drink some water and it it goes away. There's no need to take. No, I'm talking about like before you sleep. Is there anything anything for sleep apnea? Yeah. No. Okay. 
No, it's, it's not that important to me. Well, I don't think that it's usually, I don't think that sexual dysfunction is directly related to sleep issues. I think that sexual dysfunction is probably, probably more environmental because, you know, if you have kids or you have chores or you hate your job or, you know, you, you don't have any friends or, you know, there could be all kinds of things that would cause you not to want to have sex with your partner or your boyfriend or your girlfriend. The article made a really good point at the beginning, which is that if you had a, if you had any tired person, if you give them the choice between sex and sleep, the tired person is going to choose sleep. But this is also true of a, a tired person and food. I was getting ready to say that if you have chocolate cake and then you have someone who's tired, which one are they going to want? Yeah, that doesn't mean that, you know, cake is bad for them. I don't know. I might take the cake to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so was there any more on, from that story? No, it just went in to tell you oh. some uh, things that you could try, like exercise and uh, setting a sleep schedule, oh, watch your diet, right, yeah. talked about not having caffeine after a certain time. Um, said make sure your room is set up to be sleep friendly. So no bright lights, no loud sounds, nothing like that. Make it comfy. It also helps to not use your room as a living room. The, yeah. and this is something that I did when I was younger, but you know, I was just like, I was renting a bedroom. So I was just always in my bedroom yeah. and it, it made it much more difficult to go to sleep because it wasn't, okay, I'm going to bed now. It was, well, I'm already in bed, but I'm not going to sleep. Did you find you used gadgets when you were in your room like that? When you just had your room you rented? You mean as I fell asleep? Yeah, like when you were trying to go to bed, did you like get like, enthralled in like different things online or in your phone or playing a game or? Sure, occasionally. Yeah. yeah. And it's all because that space wasn't, you know, dedicated for sleeping. Right. But that's no longer an issue. And I mean, I still sleep with a television on it, even in my bedroom. But that's just because I need the, I need the noise and the, the something there for my brain to do. To allow me to fall asleep. Otherwise, I just sit, lay there thinking and end up not sleeping. I've heard so many people say that, but I cannot sleep with the TV on. Like there needs to be either silence or like a fan noise or like AC noise. I would go nuts sitting in silence trying to fall asleep. I like it quiet so that if I hear something, I'm like, what was that? <laughs> I want to know <laughs> that. I want to be able to hear if somebody's coming in my house and they're not supposed to. If there's noise, I'm not going to hear it. I do have dogs, but. That's a fair point, you know, and. It might be wise for me to start giving that some consideration, considering people have indeed uh, lately come into my house without my permission. Yeah, see? Or, so, oh, yeah. Even if the doors are locked, sometimes they get in. You're like, I thought I locked the door. The garage door was open. Oh, yes, yeah, they did. Despite the door being locked, they did, in fact, get in. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's likely to happen again. Uh, I'm also not letting it change how I sleep. Uh, I know Jason Henza on Facebook, who's a big anarchopolka guy, he was talking about how he no longer sleeps naked now that he knows, you know, the FBI will just come in to get you. And other people are like, oh, yeah, but that actually deters them a bit. No, 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 it doesn't. They yeah. did not give it, it did not phase them one bit. That's, so you were asleep. I was asleep. Yes. Well, when I mean, it was asleep. six in the morning. So I, I had just gone to bed within the last hour. Did they do it at the same time to everyone? Yes. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea anything was even happening here. Yeah, me either with her house or anywhere else. I even asked the cop, I was like, I need my phone because I need directions to Aria's house. And she was like, you can't go to Aria's house. <laughs> I was like, why? It, it was an intense day. 603-283-6160. That's the call in line. You can talk about anything if you want. 603-283-6160. More coming up. Second hour. This is Free Talk Live.
Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. That's the color line. You can talk about anything you want. 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Angie. And Bonnie. And I hope to see you there. I'm going to be there. Fork Fest 2021 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. It's going to be a ton of fun. And I am look forward to, I mean, especially after everything that's going on, I look forward to seeing everyone. It's June the 28th through July the 4th at Rogers Campground, as I said. There's no one in charge. It's decentralized. All you have to do is get your camping site, your RV site, or your motel room with Rogers Campground for June the 28th through July the 4th. There's a fireworks show. Unless someone else is doing one, there won't be a live perform- musical performance this year because I'm a bit busy to be working on a band. But it's going to be awesome anyway. Check it out. Forkfest.party is the unofficial website. You can connect with other attendees using the unofficial Telegram chat. You can find links to that at forkfest.party. Check it out. It's going to be a good time. Forkfest.party. Are you planning to attend? Oh, yeah. I'll be there the entire time. (laughs) You pretty much ran a poker game. We did. Yeah, I dealt poker. I did really good uh, in tips. It was just tips. So it was people would buy in. People bought in with silver, crypto, um, miscellaneous items. And... um, it was a very successful party tent. I imagine yeah. it will return this year. Yeah, I, I hope so. I don't know if um, I know that the tent we were in got sold to someone else. So I don't know if they'll run a poker game or not. But when the when we ran one right next to the fire one night down in the big field. Awesome. So I mean, there's all kinds of things to do at Fork Fest. Last year, someone else also did astronomy guides at night. Yeah, was, I saw that. There was a hot tub too. There was a hot tub. Uh huh. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Oh, that was a lot of fun. Oh, I bet it was. <laughs> I spent most of my time last year doing the show, though, and that, that's going to be the what I spend my time doing there this year. But I enjoy doing it June the 28th through July the 4th. So I don't know if people remember it, but there were these things called Crypto Kitties at some point or something like that. I think that's what they yes. were called. Yeah. They were Ethereum. It, I, I don't know what exactly they were, but they were a token on the Ethereum network. Where you could buy a digital kitty. I think you could fight them with one another. Yep, and, and you could grow your kitty farm, and you could breed cats, and you could sell cats. And it was stupidly expensive. Like some of this stuff, like a hat for your cat, cost like two, three hundred dollars. I mean, it was stupid. Oh yeah, and people were buying it. People were loving it, and the, they were bogging down the entire network with this thing. <laughs> Jesus, it was bad for Ethereum. No, it was good for Ethereum, but oh. it was it, there was so much traffic on it that you couldn't do anything else with it. It was just slow. Uh huh. Wow. The thing about the Crypto Kitties I didn't like, um, I Ian just showed me them like a few months ago, is they just weren't very cute. Like I wouldn't be like, oh, these are so cute. They were really like cartoony, almost monstery uh-huh. looking. If they were like cute, like Nintendog style, that would be way better. 
So you have a story about something similar that's happening today, or happening in the world today, rather. Yes, but this time it's crypto horses. This from Sportico says, people are breeding digital horses and spending real money. Tamagotchi meets Churchill Downs. In well, that's wh- not necessarily new. As you mentioned, Nintendogs allows people to basically spend money to, I don't know what you did in Nintendogs, play with dogs, I guess, <laughs> digital dogs. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I guess you just buy the game one time, and it's like, 15 bucks or something and then you just play with dogs it's it's not the same as like um with the with the kitties like people were paying to get like upgrades on their cats and stuff like that but but nintendos weren't like connected to the internet i don't think nintendo ds's so um this says tamagotchi meets churchill downs in one of sports newest crypto trends called zed run and do you guys know what Tamagotchi is? I don't know what that is. Oh, I had to explain this to Vincent yesterday. There were this uh, little handheld thing, and uh, it had like a black and white screen and only three buttons on it. And you had like a little monster thing called a Tamagotchi, and you took care of it and played games with it and stuff until it grew up. But that's another thing. It's like a $15 thing you buy one time, and then you can keep growing Tamagotchis on it. They were tremendously annoying, if I remember correctly. I mean, they but... were fun at first, but... <laughs> Well, I was like a little kid when they came out, so they were really fun to me. I love Tamagotchis. They also had like a website. This says Zed Run, the online game, which has generated hype and consternation in equal measure, allows for digital horse ownership as well as just about anything you'd want to do with an online horse, like racing, trading, and yes, breeding. Australia-based studio uh, Virtually Human launched Zed in early 2019, selling 4,450 digital horses that year with an average price of about $30. It relied on NFT technology to establish proof of ownership and allow for secondary transactions on site like OpenSea, the popular digital art and collectibles market. That's that's a thing that makes sense for an NFT to me because you have ownership of a piece of art. That makes sense. Isn't an NFT essentially just a um, a way of putting a copyright on the blockchain? I don't know enough about it, but one thing I don't understand is like you can own the NFT of a song, but anyone can still listen to the song whenever they want. But if it's like a digital piece of art, what I don't know. N- what does NFT stand for? Non-fungible token. I okay. don't know more about it beyond that. Okay. Yeah, I wish I knew more about it, but they use it in the Zed game to somebody owns the ZF, I mean the NFT to a horse, then they own the horse. So that's how you know who owns it. Owns it. But the horse is digital, right? Right. Yeah. There's no actual. There's no actual horse, <laughs> and you're buying a digital horse. But now a horse, per my husband, is a black hole that you throw money into. So it could just be another <laughs> black hole that you're throwing money into. It makes sense. Well, I used to have a friend who had an account on DeviantArt, and she just drew horses, and people would pay her for them. Like, she'd put watermarks all over them, so you couldn't just screenshot her horse. But then they would get the physical artwork, right? Um, well, it was still digital. So I, I always thought that was weird. I thought this was going to be, like, the same thing, but this is more like a game where they can breed them and own them. And- do they charge you to do all of this stuff? Breed and own? And- I'm sure they do. Well, they to buy them, you have to pay for them. It says Zed is now up to nearly 11,000 horses sold with another 8,000 bred spread across 3,600 so-called stables. Rare horses... I, I have to ask here. Okay, you're about to tell me what rare horses cost. Rare horses are now regularly selling for more than $15,000. One horse... Holy <laughs> What is wrong with crypto enthusiasts, you this, morons? This says one horse sold for more than, or for $1,200,000. Wow. 
I, Wait, no, I, sorry. Under, I understand <laughs> cryptocurrency is up. It's going to the moon. But for God's sakes, people. They have nothing else to do with their crypto. They're just going <laughs> to spend it on digital horses. I said that number wrong. It's $125,000. So one horse sold for that much money. $120,000. That's, that's real money. Well, it's USD, right? Yeah. I think it's um, in USD, but they did mention it being a crypto trend. So maybe we'll explain later like what cryptos you can use. Um We've had hockey stick growth the last four weeks, virtually human co-founder Chris Ebeling said. The world has taken notice. In Zed, horses are differentiated by a number of factors with established breed types and bloodlines tracing back to horses Zed created as coveted Genesis racers. Oh, dear Lord. Their odds it of- gets even more <laughs> stupid. More nerdy. Their odds of winning any given race are hidden to users with their race history providing the best information on their assigned prowess, which can vary based on race length. In the future, Ebeling says other factors like weather conditions and track location could impact results as well. Multiple races are run every hour across six different classes based on horses' records and experience levels. Okay, so they're buying digital horses for (laughs) $100,000. They're then breeding them and digitally raising them and then racing them against each other. Yep. And they, it looks like on their site, they have um, upcoming races next to run. They have horses that are for sale. Everything listed out like you would you would think. Now, are these races like animated or is it they just randomly pick and tell you who won? That would be interesting. I don't know. In- I, I feel like if I'm going to pay $100,000 for a stupid digital horse, the least you could do is give me an animation of it running. It, the, you know, you can. it says that, like, here's next to run. A South African National Derby is $69.66, and it's live. So This is to race in a digital <laughs> yep, race. That's it. This says the races themselves are pre- uh, presented as a sort of tronified version of virtual races diehard gamblers would be familiar with, but I'm not familiar with what that so means. So you'd see your virtual horse that you bought racing against other virtual horses. What's tronified? I don't know. I've never seen Tron. What are your thoughts on this stupidity? Would you pay $100,000 <laughs> for a digital horse? 603-283-6160. From crypto kitties to stupid digital horses, there's all kinds of stupid stuff that you can do with cryptocurrency. However, there are also good places involving cryptocurrency. And I'm going to tell you about one, Bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. You can go there now and click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find all sorts of valuable information. Neatly organized to suit your needs. There is no longer an excuse for ignoring this important, world-changing information. If you are a knowledgeable crypto user, you can check out out news.bitcoin.com. That's news.bitcoin.com to get the latest headlines of all the news that's relevant to you. Bitcoin.com is your source for everything crypto, like getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news on all on a slick and easy-to-use website, Bitcoin.com. Thank you so much. You're now, welcome. Now, we're talking, and I can't stress this enough, about people who chose to spend 
$100,000 plus on a digital horse so that they could race it against other digital horses that other people paid $100,000 for. That sounds accurate. And it also says that they could use their horses to to stud out for other horses. So oh, that's, if, that's right. They can breed them. If I have a stud, Bonnie could say, Angie, I want to breed my stud with your or my mare with your stud, and I would like to pay you $10,000 for our digital horse to have a digital baby. <laughs> Probably wouldn't happen, but I could say that. I mean, why not? Uh, this is, you know, Crypto Kitties, I at least understood because, well, I guess I understand this as well because there is the racing aspect, which is kind of gamey. But I, I don't understand the, the drastic cost involved here. I, I don't understand how anyone could get into this voluntarily. This seems like some, you'd have to put a gun to, even then, if you put a gun to my head and told me to spend $100,000 on one of these stupid digital horses, I would not do it. All right, I was going to say, are you serious? Is there really a digital horse? Um, well, it's pretty real to this, these people. It says, in my world, Zed is real. Ebeling said, it exists on a parallel timeline to ours. It's quantum physics. It's 2150 on a planet called Novus Earth. On this Earth, digital horse racing reigns supreme. It's been put in place to balance out wealth. Hold on. Who, who is saying this? Ebeling. Random lunatic. <laughs> no, he made the game, or I can't remember what he is. Oh, he is the virtual, virtually human co-founder, which is like the people that make the game. Okay. And it's real to him. It says Zed owners are able to use augmented reality tech to view their horses as if it was in their room, the equivalent of teleporting them from a parallel timeline, as Ebeling put it. With an entire world to explore, there's plenty of room to grow, he said. In particular, he's focused on the ways people can make a living within Zed by owning horses, managing stables for others, reporting on developments, or in the future hosting digital events that become Zed's equivalent to the Kentucky Derby. Does it say what they win? Like, what can the prize be if your digital horse wins a race? Like, if you're paying a lot of money for it, I, I hope it would be worth it. Mm, I, I guess it's it's gambling, right? Yeah. They say they were gambling, so yep. I guess they gamble on which horse is going to win. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think it's gambling for you to bet your own horse. No, but I'm wondering if, like, if I don't have horses, oh. I wonder if I could come in and bet on a race. I'm going to bet on number 52. That's a good horse. This article kind of ends pretty fast. It doesn't even bring up the crypto part. Like this article never explained the crypto part of this. It it called it um, a crypto. Oh, here it is. Sorry. Real World Business Atari has signed on to help develop Elbling's vision, offering its IP for a series of in-game activations such as themed horses and tracks. The legacy gaming company has created an entire division to focus on blockchain and digital worlds with an eye toward the metaverse, a virtual space where users can interact with each other in in various companies. I guess it kind of didn't. I guess the whole crypto part is just that they're represented by NFTs. So maybe you can't even pay crypto for your horse. Is there a Zed coin? Is there a Zed Zed token? I, I I would bet that this is all being done on the Ethereum blockchain. Like CryptoKitties was. Yep. That seems the most likeliest. So Atari is getting involved with this? Yep. And I guess they'll, they'll make like Pac-Man or whatever themed like horse race areas and horses. I don't know. Is that Pac-Man it's, Atari? Well, on their side, it says getting started. You have to create a stable so that you can house your horse. You can get into racing. 
You have to pick a place that you want to race, breeding to create a legacy for your stable, uh, racing classes and progression, which means if your horse is bad, then you don't move up, and understanding the scarcity. Uh, I can't believe anyone <laughs> is doing this. I mean, I don't object to people playing video games, right? Obviously, but this goes a bit beyond that. When you're sinking $100,000 into a digital horse, I think it's time to reevaluate some life choices. How how does such a person who's so reckless with money that they acquire $100,000 to spend on a stupid digital horse anyway? Because they made a really good investment on a coin. Um, yeah. Maybe they just think like that's such a good horse, like its babies will be rich too and, it, and they can sell them and stuff. But I can only see this being like a small hobby people just eventually stop doing. Like how many people are going to be interested in it? Well, are how people, many people still, are, yeah, that's crypto kitties. How many people are still playing? Are, is that still a game? I have no idea. <laughs> it's been a few years since I've even given it any thought. Yeah. But I mean, it wasn't $100,000 expensive. No, it wasn't a $100,000 kitty. It was closer to the range of like two or 300, I think. There, there probably were some items that were a few thousand dollars, but not a hundred thousand. But I still wouldn't want to spend that on a kitty either. I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend that on my actual cats. <laughs> not unless it was for like a vet or something. Right. But I mean, if they want a cat toy, no, I'm not buying. Well, obviously, I'm not talking to my cats like that, but I'm not buying them a $200 cat toy. They're like, Aria, we saw a commercial on TV for this cat toy. It's a thousand dollars. Why you're sleeping. I wouldn't put it past my cats to do that if they could speak, though. They, they, they do have that kind of personality. So in other stories, we talk, We mentioned it briefly earlier. Um, a North Carolina man has been fatally shot by a sheriff's deputy. This is also coming from Fox News. A North Carolina man was fatally shot in Elizabeth City on Wednesday morning while law enforcement officers were executing a search warrant at the person's home. One of the ones that I recall most uh, happened in South Haven, Mississippi before I moved up here. It was this Mexican guy that the South Haven police, uh, no-knock raided, and shot him in the back of the head, killing him. I don't believe anything ever happened with that. It was one of the ones that, you know, the media, it just didn't get media coverage for whatever reason, outside of local coverage. I mean, the media, they, they, they executed a false warrant on the wrong address and shot a man in the back of the head and killed him. It wasn't even the oh, right man? No. Wow. I'm sorry, the wrong address. And they killed him. And there was, that was it. Oh, because they made a mistake. It's okay. They can, they're going to go to the next house and they'll kill that man and they'll get the right one. Yeah. We have enough Americans. We're good. Andrew Brown Jr. was shot and killed at approximately 8.30 local time while deputies were conducting the search warrant at a home located on Perry Street. I don't think they even shot the guy whose house they were in. We're going to talk more about this. 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. That's the call in line. You can weigh in. You can change the subject. Whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Carl Watner, longtime proponent of a voluntary society, died last December. You may have seen his articles published on his website, Voluntarius.com, in his newsletter, The Voluntarist, The Mises Institute, or elsewhere over the last 40 years. His newest book, I Must Speak Out, Volume 2, The Best of the Voluntarist, is now available via Liberty Under Attack Publications. This 430-page second volume spans the years of 2000 through 2020 and includes articles by Carl Watner, 
Watner, Hans Hermann Hoppe, Carl Hess, Benjamin Tucker, George H. Smith, Lysander Spooner, Pete Ayer, Joyce Brand, and many others. I Must Speak Out is for the newly initiated, the veteran voluntarist, or anywhere in between. Buy the book now at libertyunderattack.com slash voluntarist. For more great content on building a voluntary society and for Carl's extensive archives, check out voluntarist.com. Ladies' night, apparently, here on Free Talk Live. You can talk about whatever you want, though. 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Angie. And Bonnie. And I think it's fitting that tonight would be ladies' night, considering last night was, like, three heavily bearded people sitting around <laughs> talking. I mean, if ever there was a, a dude bro night, that That it would was have last been last night, night. yeah. <laughs> But we're talking about now a Andrew Brown Jr. who was shot and killed at 8.30 while deputies were conducting the search warrant at a home located nearby. It's unclear whether or not the man who was killed was living at the property that was being searched. The Wavy TV 10 News reported that Brown was shot in his car. Witnesses told the news station he had climbed into his vehicle and had begun to drive away when the deputy struck him. This is all very confusing. You don't generally describe it as striking someone when and you the shoot bullet. them. I struck him with my bullet. What in the hell happened here? Police did not provide details regarding whether Brown was armed or the reason for the search warrant. So they were searching a home. It's unclear. This is very badly written. It's unclear whether this was even his home that was being searched. He gets in his car, evidently a deputy, quote, struck him, whatever that means. And at some point, somewhere along the way, he got shot. It's very confusing. The North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation is looking into the shooting. The racists of the deputies were not, were not disclosed, but Wooten said the deputy who struck, who struck Brown had been placed on administrative leave pending an investigation. So evidently the deputy hit him. And somehow, somewhere along the way, someone got shot. But if he was in his car driving away, was the deputy chasing after him to hit him? It sounds like it. Or maybe he was driving towards the deputies. I mean, that would be the only reason I could see that they would have any justification if he was trying to run them over. Wooten said that the deputy was wearing a body camera that was on at the time. He declined to say how many shots were fired. District Attorney Andrew Womble said the Bureau of Bureau of Investigation probe would be thorough and will not be a rush to judgment. The shooting happened at about 8.30. That's useless information. A crowd gathered around the shooting scene, which was blocked off by police tape and with multiple law enforcement cruisers with their lights flashing, according to footage from Wavy. Keith, Rizzer, Keith Rivers, president of the Poskatank County chapter of the NAACP, called for an independent investigation into the shooting and criticized the sheriff's office for taking hours to release details, even after a crowd of about 100 people gathered near the scene. <sighs> so, I mean, that doesn't tell us a whole lot about what actually happened there, but it's not surprising. 
police, if there's one thing they do really well, it's kill people. And they've been, as you pointed out, Bunny, they've been doing a lot of that lately. What was the the video of the girl with the knife who was recently shot? Have you seen anything about that? We should pull up an article about it because I haven't read one. I've just seen like headlines and tweets about it. Someone else would have to pull that up. I'm not allowed to just Google things like a normal person. I will look it up. All I know is that she was 15. And then I read a headline that she was 16 and she had a knife and she was shot in the chest four times. Four times? Mm-hmm. That's what I said. That's what I let's see. Uh, 15. I saw that she was a foster kid in the um, like under custody of the state at the at the time that this happened. But that was just another like headline. Um, Still shooting her four times in the chest has got to be excessive. And especially when the cops have, you know, like armor and stuff like that on them. Can they just grab her and not let her stab the other person without? Was she trying to stab someone else? Well, that was like apparently what people are claiming, that she was trying to either stab or cut another girl, and that's why she got shot. Not trying to stab or cut the cop, but like another girl her age. This is a story from the Washington Post, uh, posted today. It says, Ohio police fatally shoot black teenage girl just before uh, a Chauvin Chauvin verdict. Chauvin. Yep. The fatal shooting of a black teenager by Columbus police on Tuesday stoked grief and anger just as the murder conviction of former Minneapolis Minneapolis police officer was being charged and being celebrated as a sign of long elusive accountability for law enforcement. Police said at a late news conference on Tuesday that the girl had threatened two others with a knife before the shooting, playing segments of body camera video that showed the victim lunging towards someone in a driveway before an officer fired four shots. A knife is visible in the driveway next to the girl as the police perform CPR on her. We know based on the footage, the officer took action to protect another young girl in the community. But a family is grieving tonight and this young 15-year-old girl will never be coming home. Family members and Franklin County Children's Services identified the victim as a 16-year-old Micaiah Bryant and said she had been in foster care. Police have not named the victim and said that she was 15 years old. Paula Bryant told WBNS that the victim was her daughter, a very loving, peaceful little girl. The incident prompted demonstrators to gather in the neighborhood with the violence unfolded and outside Columbus Police Headquarters, with many questioning whether police could have taken less lethal actions in the case. Well, I would think so if she was a 15 or 16-year-old girl. Yeah, don't they generally have tasers? I mean, I realize that they may accidentally reach for their gun thinking it's a taser and then, you know, murder someone that way are they all yellow are all tasers yellow that cops carry i do not know something like i think it was mark pointed out on the show the other day was just like there's such different weights like you wouldn't pick up a a light thing that's just a taser and feel like it's a gun they don't have the same trigger yeah yeah i would definitely expect anyone over the age of 12 to be able to pick up a handgun and pick up a taser and know which one was which that would make sense Especially a trained cop would have that ability. But anyone over the age of 12 can pick up a thing and go, oh, yeah, that's, that is way too light to be a gun or that is way too heavy to be a taser. But yeah. ideally, yeah, cops, I don't want cops to have tasers either, but a, a non-lethal method of handling this would have been better than, you know, shooting this teenage girl yeah, four like times. Yeah, tackling her. She's a teenage girl. Yeah, and even yep. if they had With to shoot knife. her, like, I don't see any reason they had to shoot her. But if they did, why four times? That's like, I'm going to make sure you're dead. Like, why? Or like, shoot her in the leg. Something like that, yeah. It goes on to say, 
that neighbor Ira Graham III said that he had just come home from work when he heard shots and ran outside to see a teen girl on the ground badly wounded. It was disorienting coming to so close to the verdict in the case, he said. It's just so ironic, he said. This stuff just never ends. Columbus Interim Police Chief Michael Woods said that just after 4.30 p.m. on Tuesday, police received a 911 call from someone who reported that women were trying to stab them and then hung up. Dispatchers were unable to gather any information about the weapons that were used or at the scene. Body camera footage shows a white officer emerge from a vehicle as the victim appears to chase someone who falls onto the sidewalk. The teen then turns towards someone else wearing a pink sweatsuit and takes a swing at her head. The officer fires four shots at the girl, leaving her sprawled next to a car in the driveway. She had a knife. She just ran at her, one officer says on the footage. Video taken at the scene by a neighbor shortly after the shooting shows two police officers kneeling over the girl. One is performing chest compressions. She appears unresponsive and blood is pooled on the ground beneath her. Around them, several more officers tape off the area and family and neighbors begin to cry. One neighbor says he shot her four times. Hazel Bryant, who identified herself as the victim's aunt, told the Columbus Dispatch that her niece got into a fight with another person at her foster home. And police killed her for that. Imagine, like, if you heard the whole conversation and that girl was really, like, not in the wrong. You know, like, that makes it even worse. Maybe the other people were just completely bullying her. And, I mean, not that that gives you the right to stab someone, but also it just seems more like something that should be mediated than she should be killed for her overreaction. Like, I don't know. Well, she didn't stab anyone. She may have threatened to, but she certainly didn't stab anyone. It goes on to say that Bryant said the victim had a knife but had dropped it before the police officer shot her. Genther and other Columbus officials vowed to release more information as soon as it becomes available and appealed to residents to remain calm as the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation opened a case on the shooting. No matter the circumstances, that family is in agony, and they are in my prayers. Well, don't be concerned about it because the police are going to investigate themselves and they're going to determine that they did nothing wrong. Of course. As they usually do. But did you not say that... She was not holding the knife at the time she was shot. It said that she dropped the knife prior to being shot by the officer. 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. That's the call-in line. You can talk about anything you want. 603-283-6160. We're actually just talking about it during the break. Uh, The raids uh, that happened on March the 16th of this year where uh, I was raided, Renee and Andy were raided, the property here was raided, Colleen Fordham, again, 60-year-old grandmother raided by the FBI. We were all then arrested and taken into custody, but Ian and nobody remain in custody. You can help them. You can help us uh, because this case is huge. It's going to be very, very expensive and it's going to involve a lot of attorneys and probably a year or two of attorneys arguing with each other behind the scenes before it ever even goes to trial. Check out the Crypto6.com if you're interested in doing that. If you're if you're sitting there thinking, oh, well, Bitcoin, these guys have plenty of money. Well, first of all, none of us have any access to cryptocurrency whatsoever at the moment. So that's simply not the case. Check it out, thecrypto6.com. 
With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Angie. And Bonnie. And I'm looking for something else to discuss that hopefully isn't about police killing people. But there's been so much of that lately that it's hard to find. There was that 14-year-old boy that was running away from the cops in, uh, what was that? I think Michigan. He's running away and got shot too. That was like this week. That's why I was saying like, it seems like they're doing that every day this week. That's weird. Well, they do it just about every day. Well, they do do it every day. In fact, I think in 2019, there were something like 1,200 people killed by police in the United States, which is a little over three a day. I was going to say that's like three a day. So, I mean, it's something worth always worth talking about, regardless of how depressing it is. I mean, here we are talking about one story about police shooting a guy, and we immediately get off into another story mm-hmm. uh, that just happened, a police shooting a 16-year-old girl. Because presumably they had no other way of dealing with the 16-year-old girl. That seems like a situation where the cop just was so excited to get in this action. He was like, she just she just lunged at another girl. And then, like, apparently she drops the knife and then he shoots her four times. I see no other explanation than he was just all excited about this situation and wanted to shoot someone. Well, in general, I think if a person is going to shoot another person, they I don't think they typically fire off like one or two shots. It's usually more like three or four. Why? You're going to stop a 15-year-old girl with one shot. You're going to stop her from, you know, doing whatever she was doing, standing there, not holding a knife. I don't even think it would take a shot to stop a a 15-year-old girl that's standing there holding a knife. Even if it's like a huge butcher knife. I mean, if if there's a male cop there with any kind of power, they should be able to go up. And if that person swings the knife, they should be able to knock it out of the hand. They have, don't they have batons? That's just scary Can't they just like deflect it? They don't like having a scary job. That's too scary for them. It, it does the- seem cowardly that every everything that happens to a police officer, it seems, gets a response of, shoot them. Even if it's a 16-year-old. There was another story about a a girl, I think she was 18, who was out in her pajamas a year or two ago, and police shot and killed her. I don't remember any details beyond that, though, because there, there's there's so many of these. Yeah, and it, we have become accustomed to them that people don't really get too excited unless they, it involves some kind of race issue. Um, if, if like, some Joe Bob up the road gets shot, they're like, oh, well, Joe Bob must have been doing something wrong. You know, no one gets really upset. Yeah, and that's frustrating. Uh, when I was, when I mentioned on Facebook that I was arrested by the FBI, someone says, what did you do? I saw that. And the obvious response was, she got arrested by the FBI. That That's all that that means. It doesn't mean I did anything yep. to warrant it or deserve it. And just like, and that's the same case when police shoot someone. What did they do? They, they died. That's what they did. Mm-hmm. And that's all we know at this point. But even if, even if they had a fake $20 bill or whatever, it's not justification for shooting them or for kneeling on their neck for nine minutes until they freaking die. Was it nine minutes? I think it was nine minutes. That that's crazy. The whole thing was crazy. Yes. And, you know, there were people standing around saying, hey, get off him and stuff like that. But but no one took action and they probably didn't take action because they saw that this man was going to get killed. And had they taken action, they would probably have been killed themselves. Exactly. Like if you saw that that man was going to get killed and yeah, maybe the right thing to do would be stand up and stop the cop from doing it. There are four other cops standing around that are going to probably immediately kill you if you even lunge toward Mm -hmm. that cop. So, yeah, that was kind of a helpless situation. I see people all the time 
criticizing people for not going up and doing something. But we're kind of being oppressed by armed thugs and gangs, and they all have guns, and we're not allowed to use them against them, or not allowed to use any against them, but they're allowed to use them against us and rarely get in trouble for it. So I don't blame anyone. And it's an issue that the police don't like it when people question their judgment. And that's what people were doing when they were saying, hey, get off his get off his neck. He can't breathe. You know, they, the police officer had decided that, you know, he he could breathe just fine. And it didn't matter that he, he probably knew he was wrong and that George Floyd was dying. He didn't like having someone say, hey, you're in the wrong here. Lifting his knee would have been admitting that he was in the wrong. It's like when we cop blocked... Uh, probably nine months ago here in Keene, these police officers had pulled over some drunk college kids for not turning on their headlights. And one of the passengers pukes like six times out into the side of the street. I mean, he's he's clearly had way too much to drink, may even have alcohol poisoning, can barely stay conscious. I'm begging the police officers to just get this guy some water. They're like, if he wants water, he'll ask for it. Oh, like George Floyd asked for air? Yeah. Is that, is that what you're saying here? Because he could speak. Yeah. He'll so, I mean, he's too, he's too drunk to ask for water, dude. Are yeah. are you kidding me? He's a you're a human being. He's a human being. You've been drunk before, right? Yeah, I guess. Oh yeah, for I, sure. I, yeah, I'm sure the cop has as well. And if you're so drunk that you're puking repeatedly into the streets while pulled over by police officers, you are way too drunk and probably need some water. That but poor they, guy. But they don't care. No, they don't. Because it's not their life. It's not their son. It's Mm-mm. not their their daughter or whoever. And you would th- you would hope, I guess, that they would have some kind of compassion for people when they pull someone over that, you know, if I I have a family, if I'm a police officer and, you know, I, I wouldn't want my kid to go through uh, what some of these people go through, but they don't. They're like, oh, well, my family's better than yours and this is my job. I'm just doing my job. That is the line they always go mm-hmm. to. And I, it would be better if police actually had more compassion. But what we see in these cases just over and over again is that whatever humanity they once had was trained out of them sociopathically to the extent where they don't view us. They can't have compassion for us because they don't view us as human beings. Well, it's them against us. Yeah. Is that and also that they believe that the laws are the same as morals. Like they were breaking the law, so they did something wrong. So they deserve what happens to them. They're, they're not thinking about the law being right or wrong. Just the law is and then you're wrong if you're breaking it. That's most Americans in general, though. That's not just police. There are so many Americans. Do you remember the guy who did the shooting at the Joker movie? I do remember that. The the Aurora shooting. Yeah, the crazy guy. I actually heard from people who made the argument that he couldn't be a sociopath or a psychopath because he stopped at stop signs and red lights on the way to the jail. They were so convinced that, you know, breaking the law is the same thing as being moral that, that, that this guy who shot up a theater couldn't be a psychopath because he knew that running a stop sign was wrong. Or he didn't want to get stopped and pulled over before he could go and, you know, murder all of these people. That's the obvious right. explanation, right? And that's certainly why he wasn't running stop signs and stuff on the way there. But even if he, even if he wasn't, for whatever reason, he wasn't running stop signs and red lights, that has nothing to do with right or wrong. Nope. It would be wrong to run a stop sign and, you know, run over a pedestrian, but to just run a stop sign, that's not, there's nothing moral or immoral about that. It's just traveling. That's exactly right. Yeah, the stop sign by our studio is pretty stupid. It is stupid. There's, there's no reason whatsoever for there to be a stop sign right there. 
But uh, and I think even a cop has said that on video that it that it's stupid. Oh my god, the one here. Yeah. Um. Uh, who was it? Someone told me that the things that for traffic laws are just suggestions. A and cop you can, told you that? No, no, no. Oh. A friend of mine. They said they're just suggestions, <laughs> and you can choose whether to abide by the suggestions or to do your own thing. No cop, no stop. There you go. <laughs> I wish they were only suggestions, but too often they're not. I mean, they, they're backed by a lot more than a suggestion. Oh, yeah, for sure. You'll get in a lot of trouble. You, yeah, you absolutely can. So it's better to stop at stop signs and, you know, be be a proper little surf and obey all the stupid little laws that Caesar has thrown out for you to follow. But the average American commits three felonies a day. So it's almost impossible to abide all of these laws. Well, I like being above average. <laughs> <laughs> 603-283-6160. That's the call on line. Take control of the airwaves. Third hour coming up. 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. Look, I'm sorry, but you're in for a world of pain if you use Koinomi. The reason is their wallet doesn't support payments. The solution is simple. Let them hear your voice. Message Koinomi on Twitter. It takes five seconds and tell them AnyPay sent you because they're on the fence right now and your voice will prove that people care about using Bitcoin for payments. Go tweet at Koinomi now or even better, leave a review in the app store. They really pay attention there. Thanks. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. Take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is on your mind. 603-283-6160. That's the number for which, with which you can do that. 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Angie. And Bonnie. And for those who aren't aware, I'm currently being treated like a felon. This means I can't possess any weapons whatsoever. Uh, there's even restrictions on the length of a blade that I can possess. I believe it's four inches or something like that. I'd have to look at Even for like kitchen knives? I, I think there's an exception for kitchen knives because the supervisory officer didn't say, oh, this, this kitchen knife take is too big. Knife. You got to get rid of that. But I did have to, obviously, the it's unclear at the moment who actually have who actually has the guns that were at my house. The FBI claims that they didn't take them, but Keen PD says that they don't have them. Initially, they said they did have them, but they took them because the they were concerned about my safety with the, quote, protesters that were out there at my property, you know, also known as my friends <laughs> that were out there <laughs> at my property. I was going to say the ones that were supporting you? <laughs> yes. Yep. But uh, Keen PD is now saying they don't have them, but when my supervisor came out, I have a compound bow. I had to get rid of that. So it was just all manner of throwing knives. Had to get rid of those. Well, you know, I could see you, Aria, just going down through the middle of King with your bow. <laughs> Going to get me a deer. Well, it, it was certainly for home defense. It, it was certainly not for hunting. I'm not much of a hunter, but I mean. I know. <laughs> you've got to admire a, a weapon that can be that deadly and that silent. I was going to say it's quiet. Yes. Yeah. Number one advantage. Well, there's also other advantages, like if you shoot a 50-pound or a 
50-pound bag of sand with a rifle, the bullet is going to be destroyed, but an arrow will go straight through it Mm -hmm. without an issue. So it does have other advantages. But anyway, not allowed any sort of armed self-defense at the moment, and that's fine. I'm I'm not in danger. I, I I was a bit when I ran for sheriff. I drew some flack for that, but... In general, weren't people messing with your mailbox or your signs or something? Uh, they were stealing signs out of my yard. My car got vandalized and a few other things. But once I started putting the videos of people pulling up along the street and stealing my property, once I started putting those on the internet, all of that stopped. Oh, I bet so. People were like, "Oh, snot." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my friends are going to know I did this. Yes, I never did identify any of the people who were responsible, but. It put a stop to it, so that was good. That's all you wanted. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I Other- was I was parked behind a car with a write in Earl Nelson sticker on the back yesterday. <laughs> they had bumper stickers for that. Yeah, that's kind of depressing. Uh, those signs were those signs were de- depressingly ugly. That was the that was the worst part of the entire sheriff campaign was when those ugly abominations of signs went up. It, it was just Earl Nelson's tacky little signs in the first place with like right in stickers literally slapped on them yep they, they look so bad it's like dude i would have paid for your graphic designer if you didn't blanket <laughs> cheshire county in these abominations i even offered to but no well they couldn't accept anything from you you were the competition well, i don't want to make the world ugly though and they did <laughs> and they succeeded not least of which by reelecting Eli Rivera. But anyway, the right to defend yourself, it, it is important. And we generally, I'm, the biggest threat to my safety are going to be the police. Mm-hmm. The police here in Keene have spent the better part of the last two and a half years stalking me. And th- this is documented. There are, there are plenty of witnesses to this and video evidence to suggest it's also true. Every night when I get off work and I drive home, I am followed by KPD. Not not since March the 16th, interestingly enough, but prior to that, every single night. It was like having my own personal armed escort home. Wasn't that nice of them to escort you home every night? That, yeah, that's how yeah, I chose to you were to protected. That's why they didn't think you needed anything in your house. They were taking care of you. Uh, and, and that's so nice of them, but I would rather take care of myself. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense because you're going to have your best interest at heart. Yes, I, I'm not going to kill anyone. And if I ever need help, I will use cell 411, which you can find at get so. Oh, oh no, we can't plug that right now. The I heard source, we can't. Yeah, the source code's in the hands of the FBI. So avoid cell 411. Anyway, I have methods of contacting my friends who won't show up and shoot my cats. As it happens, my cats did not get shot, thankfully. That was the only time in the entire ordeal that my voice actually broke was when they asked me, do you have any cats or dogs? And I was like, yes, I have two cats. Please don't hurt them. And they didn't, so yay, my cats did they, didn't get shot. Did they let them out? Were they out of the house or were they in the house? No, they were hiding. Oh, good. So yeah. they were kidding. They knew that mess was hitting up. And they were like, nope, we got to go. Yes. Uh, they're very shy anyway. It takes them a very long time to get to know people. Okay. So there was no chance. I, I doubt the FBI ever even saw them because I mean, if they want to hide, I can't find them. And they're my cats. They yep. come to me. But there have been times where I thought, you know, dinner must have gotten outside or something because I just, I looked everywhere. Oh, that's right. Your cat's name is Dinner. Yes. One of them is Dinner. The other is Rainbow. <laughs> I love that. That's great. <laughs> come here, Dinner. Thanks. 
But you have an article about self-defense and the reasons that that's important. Yes, it's from freedomphoenix.com, and it was published on uh, April 20th, yesterday. Armed self-defense is essential in a free society. It starts with saying, President Biden has said that executive instructions to various branches of the federal government will attempt to reduce the frequency and possibility of such violence. Some of his proposals, however, are merely using the gun control argument as a cover for more government redistributive intervention within society. Thus, when the White House released a statement April 7th of 2021 detailing its plan in this direction, one of them called for a $5 billion investment over eight years to support community violence intervention programs, with a key part of it being to help connect individuals to job training and job opportunities. The Department of Health and Human Services will be directed to educate state governments in better using Medicaid funding to better subsidize such interventionist projects. In other words, if only we expand notoriously wasteful and ineffective government job training programs, gun violence magically will be reduced. If only That's what I thought they were they were getting at. Yeah, that's, I was waiting. Bizarre. I was like, what's the point? If only unemployed gun using criminals can be taught a nonviolent job skill, they will stop robbing convenience stores and stop killing people in gang related drive by shootings. That will be left for the police to do. <laughs> Plus, once the national mandated minimum wage is raised to $15 an hour, there will be long lines, obviously, of prospective employers eagerly, eagerly waiting to hire former street thugs with their newly certified government-provided entry-level employment skills. Who knew it could be so simple? I, I got to tell you, as someone who is working right now, who worked through the pandemic, it doesn't matter what they raise the minimum wage to. People are not working right now. And, and they're not going to. No, they're on unemployment. And then they're getting all these kickbacks from unemployment. The unemployment benefits are insane. It's the yeah. standard default unemployment of their $200, $300 a week or whatever. There's a standard of $300 a week on top of whatever your unemployment would normally be. Yeah, it's like 75% of their paycheck. And I think it's 400 on top of it, isn't it? I don't, it might have gone up, but it was 300 for a while. It was initially 600 I remember that. It was $600. My sister showed me her uh, her you know history of unemployment payments and they all came at once and it was just like six months of six hundred dollars every single week yep. for, for the, you can't compete with that as an employer you can't compete with the government paying people four hundred dollars a week to sit at home and watch cat videos on youtube and then plus all the stimulus that they sent out yeah i mean you're making much more on unemployment and with stimulus packages than you would going to a nine-to-five job i don't i don't like these social welfare programs, but I can't blame someone for going, you know what? The government's going to pay me more to sit at home. I'm just going to sit at home. And then I can go to the government and I can say, you know what? I don't have a job. Can you help me with my rent? Can you help me with my heat? I need some food stamps. Can you help me with that as well? And the government's going to say, honey, let me give you all this. Yeah. And none of it's going away anytime soon. And in fact, it's probably going to get worse. I've heard rumors of another stimulus check in the works. I don't know how substantial those rumors are though. I read something about another one coming out. If they actually cared about people, they would just make it not impossible for them to start businesses and make their own money. That would be ideal. But when you had the homeless guy in California who started a shoe signing company and actually managed to find his way into an apartment from doing that, the state of California shut him down for running an unlicensed business. 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live.
It's Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves, 603-283-6160. You can talk about whatever is on your mind. I want to say thank you, though, to Leah Hoffman, who is tonight's amplifier, and she's actually a friend of mine on Facebook. Me too. Awesome. That means she amplifies the show. It means uh, she contributes monthly to help us get on more radio stations, to reach a larger audience, all of that awesome stuff, because AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. If you like Free Talk Live, if you like what we're doing, if you like the idea of a national radio show that you know anyone can call and say any crazy thing they want, like we have Scott the Bigot regularly calling from Florida to say his bigotry, and of course we challenge him on it. But if you value that, check out the AMP program. It's the best way to help the show reach a larger audience. AMP.freetalklive.com. Leah, thank you so much for your contributions. I'm I'm glad to hear that you support the show. So we're talking about home defense. But before we get back into it, let's go to the phones. We've got Pat calling from Michigan. Pat, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, gentlemen and Ms. Lady. Hey, what's on your mind? I am uh, an unfortunate soul as I'm not qualified to be uh, during the weekend schedule only for your show. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, you can always watch it like freetalklive.com. Right, but I'm I'm not an inner tube dude. I will not suck the poison from the inner tube. I, I do not do Facebook. I will not degrade myself to that point. That's probably good. I don't do Facebook either. So my my point is, um, hell, I, like I said, I don't even know what you guys are talking about tonight. What do you want to talk but, about? Uh, my my theory here is powder and ball will tell it all. We got no choice. I mean, if you got to sharpen a pitchfork, you got to do what you got to do. I don't think things that are getting, things are getting way way crazy. They are, but I don't think and, that violence is going to prove to be the answer. No, but people are getting lazy. They all want something for nothing. Yeah, that's something true. Something for nothing don't happen. No, it, it doesn't. And people are starting to see that with with lines at food places just being inexcusably long. Except, you know, the actual... Keen is a highly liberal cultural town right like they pay Mm -hmm. people to come out here and put murals on the sides of buildings and stuff like that they have little music festivals yet all of these awesome little locally owned restaurants are basically dead in the water with no customers maybe two or three people eating there at night where you have applebee's or mcdonald's or taco bell with lines that are just constantly full in this stupid hipster little town there are help wanted signs everywhere no one wants a job no one wants to work and people are starting to realize oh hey yeah we're paying all of these people to sit at home and that's the reason it takes me 45 minutes to get to the line at mcdonald's i'm better than 60 years old right yeah there is no place that i have ever been that has given me something for nothing i have busted my ass the law has busted my ass. I have had never had a free ride. And I am supposed to be the privileged white man. Dude, peace out. 
I think that was him saying bye. I don't I, know. I think so. But, uh, that was that was it. Pat, thanks for the call tonight. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. That there is a streak of laziness going on in the United States, and they they don't even view it as being lazy because so many of these younger people do think that if they want to, they should just be allowed to sit at home and play video games or smoke pot and learn the ukulele or whatever it is they want to do all day every day. They they have completely lost sight of the fact that we are organisms existing in the universe that requires us to sustain ourselves. It's not capitalism or society that's forcing you to get out there and get a job and earn your way in the world. That's the nature of the universe that we live in. An organism that cannot get its own food dies. You have to eat, which means someone has to be out there growing food. Now, you can either let a slave do that or you can do it yourself. Or you can work somewhere else that you enjoy a little bit more, like at a at Walmart or something, and let the people who want to work out in the fields growing food work out in the fields growing food. And then you can give them some sort of universal medium of exchange showing that, hey, you contributed to society in this way, and you want to trade that means of exchange for some food that this farmer grew. They don't understand that it's it's not capitalism or Walmart or greedy corporations that require them to get out there and work. It's just the nature of reality. Yeah, there's a lot of people mad about these greedy corporations that take money from the government and all this stuff, and then they're just sitting at home taking money from the government while having the same thought. Like, that doesn't make sense. Last year, 2020, when I lost my job, I actually didn't lose my job. I guess I quit my job because they stopped getting any customers and I was a waitress, so why would I keep working there? I went to uh, doing Uber Eats, and I just refused to just become somebody who gets $600 a week. And I was... I was like busting my A word for not, wait, can I say the A word on the radio? Okay, I'll remember that. But um, yeah, for doing Uber Eats to make the same amount of money as them just sitting on the couch. But I just didn't want to be paid off to, you know, become a slave to the government. Well, oftentimes it's less money. Yeah. I mean, you making less money than they are for sitting at home doing nothing. I mean, back at, um, referring to my sister again, who was a bartender, there's no way she was making $600 a week plus in tips. And then the government came along and was like, oh, yeah, you're fired now. But we're going to pay you $600 a week plus your previous wage or 75% of it or whatever it came out to. And they paid that for a long time. They did. Yeah. It wasn't just like a couple of weeks. It was like months. It was all the way into December, I think. And then it got reduced in a deal down to just $400 mm-hmm. or something. It's it's absolutely insane. This You can't pay people to sit at home and do nothing. And they were paying self-employment people the same thing. They were, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're self-employed, you can say, oh, my business is dead. I don't have any business, so I have to go on unemployment. And the government would have given it to you. They did. Mm-hmm. I, and now, I suspect we'll see a uni- universal basic income soon. And people don't realize that this is destroying the, the USD. is destroying the currency. I think it's 20% of the total U.S. money supply in the entire existence of the United States history was printed last year, which means that's huge. Yes. An inflation level of close to 20% in one year alone. So that hyperinflation, it's coming and you're going to be paying $17 for a loaf of bread or whatever. And you're going to be sitting there thinking, boy, I sure am glad I have the government to give me all this money to pay for it. Not realizing that the government giving you all of that money is what's creating the problem in the first place. Also, I think it gave a lot of people an incentive to not care about the government closing down our businesses. Because like, I remember when I was still working at a, a restaurant and it was like March 2020, thinking like, well, 
I kind of don't care if the if the restaurant closes because you know then I won't have to work and maybe I'll maybe I'll go you know on unemployment or something at at first. And I'm sure there was lots of other people thinking the same way, just like I don't care if my you know if Walmart has to close down, then I won't have to work. You know. Yeah, I don't understand it. I like being productive. I like working. I I do too. So it's just like I don't know. There's definitely other people other than us out there that would be thinking like. What I'll are take, your thoughts? Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Talk radio that you control as always. Take control of the airwaves. 603-283-6160. That's the call in line. You can talk about whatever is on your mind. 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Angie. And Bonnie. And we're talking about the right to self-defense here. And more specifically, the reasons that it's so very, very important. I mean, we, quote, live in a society, yes, but society can sometimes be dangerous, and that's often the case, and I don't know what I'm trying to say. Let's get back to the article. Sorry. Okay. It's from Freedom Phoenix, Freedoms Phoenix, and it was printed yesterday or published yesterday. It continues. It says, a divided county about country about gun control but the meat of the biden gun control policies all center on defining various types of firearms to categories that can rationalize greater prohibition of access and ownership the fact is however that the number of americans thinking the country needs stricter gun controls has been decreasing according to a recent gallup opinion survey in 2018 67 percent of survey respondents supported more stringent gun laws but in 2020 that number had fallen by 10 percent to 57 percent or a 15 percent decrease in these in those holding this opinion that's pretty promising i think so i mean the arguments for you know regulating guns are, are silly yes they were able to do it in the united kingdom the united kingdom is an island or it's a group of islands but i mean it's it's not a connected by land to this massive continent and another massive continent. Mm -hmm. The idea, you would have to get all of the guns on the continents of North and South America out of North and South America. Otherwise, you could just walk in across the border with one. And you're going to get the guns from the people who legally own them. Yes. Not the people who illegally own them or the criminals or anything like that. So it's not like you're going to take them from people who are actually going to commit crimes with them. Just people that might be trying to protect themselves or hunt or feed their families. And isn't that insane that they think that, you know, they can somehow prevent criminals from getting guns when what defines a criminal is someone who is willing to break the law? Yep. Oh, they're willing to, you know, rob someone or kill someone or whatever, but they would never dream of breaking the law and getting a gun. That would be illegal. (laughs) Obviously. Mm -hmm. And that's wrong. It's insane that anyone thinks that. I mean, the UK was able to do it because essentially the UK is, you know, an island prison, as far as I can tell. But the only way to do that here in the United States is to turn the... They can't keep guns out of prison. No. Oh, my God. How do you get a gun in prison? They're they're usually, like, handmade. Oh, handmade. Capable of firing bullets, though. Wow. Inmates are creative. So you can't even keep guns out of prison. You certainly can't keep drugs out of prison. 
I don't know how people think they're going to successfully do this in the United States. What do they say? You can put it in your prison pocketbook? Uh, yeah, in your prison suitcase. That's what Mark calls it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess so. I don't One know how could. you fit a gun in there. I don't know. They make really small guns. Some oh. people might have big prison suitcases. I don't know. <laughs> But we're talking about the the right to self-defense here. And I think that's an important thing. Uh, I certainly can defend myself without arms mm-hmm. if it's necessary. But there, there's a safety net with having a firearm that you don't get otherwise. I can tell you that when the pandemic started, uh, where I'm from in North Carolina, I w- had a concealed carry permit. And I always carried with me because I was not afraid once I had it, but I was afraid of the environment. When I moved here, I stopped carrying a weapon for a long time. And then when the pandemic started, I realized that people were pretty nasty to me. And once I started open carrying, I didn't get as much hateful responses about not wearing a mask. You know, people were very polite. Uh, managers no longer were like, you can't be here. They were like, excuse me, ma'am. Like, yes. Can I help you? You know, and I, that was really reassuring that, you know, even though it was on my side and I wasn't going to use it, that they respected me more to not be hateful because I had a firearm. That's a positive impact. Mm-hmm. And of course, you were never going to shoot anyone. No, never. Not once. But it made people kinder. Yep. And when you walk through the door, the person at the mask at the front, they would say, excuse me. Would you like a mask? No, you can't be in here. You have to have a mask. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. I don't think I paid that much attention when I was open carrying to how people were reacting to me not wearing a mask. Well, but usually people left me alone anyway. Well, they didn't me. And especially if I had the kids with me, you know, they would they were pretty nasty to me at times. And I had to leave. You know, I've only left a couple of places, but I would make sure I did not go back there. I was like, oh, OK, they don't want my business. But once I started open carrying, you know, especially at like local grocery stores, they're like, hi, can I help you? Would you like this? No, thank you. And just I wish keep going. I wish more like manage or maybe not managers, but like owners were like it was easy and accessible to contact them and tell them like what their cashiers are doing because they're always turning away people who are just in there to spend money. And I just feel like no owner is actually going to like under uh, like know that that's going on and be okay with it. Well, it depends on how much profit those managers are bringing in really. I mean, if they're bringing in enough profit, they they can get away with some stuff. Hmm. Is there more on this article? Nope. That was the end of it. I wasn't aware. Nope. That was all. So the right to self it's, Good that you got better reactions from people mm-hmm. when you open carried. Uh, there's always the saying that an armed society is a polite society. That's accurate. And it sounds like that's what you experienced. Yes. I don't recall anyone. I mean, people in Keene are really, really nice to me. Like, I would love to be able to just walk into like local burger or something and, and not hear someone say, oh, my God, I love your hair. So <laughs> I tend to get positive responses from people in Keene anyway. So I wouldn't have noticed any difference between when I was carrying and when I'm not. But it's it's always a good idea to carry. And I, I'm a firm believer in open carrying. I, I don't see much point in concealed carrying. No, I want people to know that I have it so yeah. that they're not going to come up and try to assault or bother me. You know, They're going to be like, oh, wait a minute. We're not going to mess with her because she's protected. Ideally. Mm-hmm. And that's, that seems to be the case. I mean, security cameras... Certainly kept people from further stealing my stuff once it was, you know, readily apparent that I had them. And, you know, that's not necessarily an arm, arm, but it is a defense mechanism, I suppose. It is. It's a form of defense. And it was effective and no one had to get hurt. 
It's amazing. You I, didn't have to go to the cops, Aria? No, I did not. Wow. And I did not go to the cops. You protected your own property with I cameras. Did. Yeah, nobody's egged our house since we got cameras. That's back good. In. Yeah. But that, that nobody's egged the studio since or your house since uh, someone called the police on them. Oh, yeah. So they might have seen the police, but then they like bragged about it to uh, Joa. They were like, how, would, how were the eggs, egg boy? They called him egg boy. So he knows who they are now. And Did, they bragged about it. So I don't think they're that scared of the cops. I don't really know. He took pictures of their car. Maybe they're related to the cops. Oh, maybe. Well, they're very stupid because the person they're angry at isn't even here. Yeah. And isn't being affected by their stupidity. Yeah. Well, they don't care about me. They saw me driving with the eggshell on my roof of, or hood of my car because I didn't notice it was still there. And I saw it when I was driving. I was like, dang it. And then later I saw the kid and he like is pointing and laughing at me. He doesn't care that it's not Ian. Okay, so he's just a jerk. Yeah, he's just a jerk, like twenty year old. Yeah. Do you, any ideas why he's so upset? Well, it happened before the raid, so I think that, and the first thing they did was uh, steal the peace flag. So I think that it's just they heard about oh, there's this guy that lives here, and he, um, you know, they used to say he was a pedophile, and you know, it's fun to go steal his peace flag because it'll piss him off, which you know. I don't think it ever really made him mad. Yeah, no, it doesn't really make him mad. I have never seen Ian mad. (laughs) No, me neither. I've seen him frustrated, but he controls it very well, and he becomes unfrustrated very quickly, but I've never seen him mad. I think the most heated I've ever seen him was between him and Mark. Oh, you yeah, know, when true. they've had like uh, discussions <laughs> yeah. and those are, those can be pretty interesting, but I mean, they never, that was never, he was never like angry, like, Rawr. I feel like I've never seen him angry other than talking to Mark in real life either, <laughs> but I saw a video recently. I won't go into the context of the video, but it was like from like back in the day of Ian and I saw him like all mad at somebody in the video and I was like, I've never seen that side of Ian. It's kind of hot. Like I think that's I'm what I was going to say. It was probably a turn on. You were like, Hey, <laughs> My favorite video is still the one where Mark started swearing and had to leave the studio because he was being unprofessional. Uh, I is that, that one still up? I've never yes. seen it. Oh, okay. I want that as my ringtone. <laughs> 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Ladies Night, evidently here on Free Talk Live, and it's going to continue. We've agreed, Bonnie. Yeah. I'm always here. Continuing on with Wednesday nights being Ladies Nights, or Angie, as you said earlier, jokingly, Lady-ish. Lady-ish nights, nights, yes. (laughs) So, it's been a a fun show. And uh, I've I've actually got someone on hold that I've forgotten about. But I did want to tell you one more. Actually, I have nothing I want to tell you about. So that's convenient. <laughs> Let's just talk to the phone call. Well, I've got to, I want to let the dump button build up a bit first. I mean, especially because I just accidentally left him on hold for 37 minutes. Might, he, he might be a little might. upset about that. It was not intentional. Sorry we just kind of started talking about something. And then, you know, we carried on with that. That's what women do. So, Brad, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys, or ladies, I'm sorry. Hey, Brad. Yeah, I'm not upset about being on hold. I, I've never called in before. I've been listening for probably about 10 years. This is my first time calling in. I, 
didn't know what to expect, so I just figured 37 minutes was the normal wait time. Uh-huh. Oh, no, it's usually significantly shorter than that. I mean, usually it's you have to wait until the end of the segment so one of us can screen your call, but we usually get you in like a minute or two. But we're happy that you called. Yeah, and thanks yeah, for listening to and, the show. Yeah, and thanks for having me. I the reason I was calling, we were I was listening to you guys talk earlier about several of the recent police shootings, one involving a young woman. I believe she I don't know her exact age. I've heard fifteen, I've heard sixteen years old. I've it, it was the young woman involving a knife, the cop shot her right. three or four times. Yep. As the way you guys were talking about it, that made me believe maybe you guys didn't actually see the actual footage of what happened. I don't know if you have. I did that, not see the footage. I didn't either. Yeah. I think we prefaced the entire was, thing with saying that none of us knew anything about it, and we just went to a random uh, article. Yeah, I missed that part then. Did well, you see the footage? Yeah, I saw the footage because I heard a lot about it before I actually saw it. And I just went to see the footage and I saw the body cam footage of this, the officer who actually fired the shots at her. They've already um, released the body cam footage? Yeah. Uh, that normally takes I, months. There's, I don't know how many of the videos are still up. Usually these types of videos get taken off of YouTube pretty quickly. But Well, yeah, it's a snuff officer, film. Yeah. The the officer Tatum has a video up, and he he kind of breaks it down. And I'm not trying to get people to go to his channel. That's just where I saw it, and it, as far as I know, it's still up there. And from what I saw, it did not to me seem like it was just some cop ready to, to kill someone. If, if anything, to me, it looked like he actually saved a life right there on the spot. So I mean, in it, in the video in the article that we read it says that the young lady dropped the knife before being shot. Can you see that? Did you see that in the video? No, and that that's why I had to call in because a lot of times people only get their information about these things from headlines and just really short sentences. They never look into it fully. And from what I saw, everything happened quickly. I mean, he I don't think he was the first officer there on scene. It was just he was the one who fired the weapon so that's that's why the body cam footage was released from what i saw the, the cops were already called out there i don't know why they were called out there but there was some sort of altercation going on people fighting sure and when he showed up you see a few people running toward not really toward him but just kind of in his general direction and they're all fighting it's several women and a man and the girl who was shot the one holding the knife she was literally about to stab the other girl. It looked like she was going for her throat. And it, it all happened really quick. I was actually surprised the cop was able to see it. I, I mean, and, and you guys were talking about, you know, he could have shot her in the leg or why did he have to shoot her four times? Usually in these situations, four shots. I mean, you can fire four shots from a handgun very quickly. Oh, right. Absolutely. It, so it, it happened very fast, and as soon as the threat had had stopped, he stopped firing, and they went immediately to try to offer her medical assistance. But if you if you actually see the video, I would say in this in this situation, because I I have my own issues with cops and the way they handle things, but in this situation, to me, it looked like he saved a life. I'm I'm just still kind of confused about how a fifth or you know a teenage girl can't be stopped any other way like yeah okay she might have been about to stab somebody why can't she get tased instead of shot why couldn't she get tackled well 
in the, in those situations, when someone has a deadly weapon, and this wasn't like a little pocket knife or a little razor blade, this was a knife. I mean, it's, if, if you take a knife and go for someone's throat, you don't even have to go that deep. You hit an artery, they're going to bleed out very quickly. There's, there's nothing you can really do in that situation. And tasers in those situations aren't always effective, which that would be ideal that he could have tased her, stopped her, and then subdued her. But if you actually see the video and the distance he was at, I don't think he really had any other choice. It was either I can stop her or I can watch her slice this girl's neck. And that, those were his two options. And it happened very fast. So it's, I'm not saying what he did was right or wrong. I, I just, it, to me, it didn't look like it was as a situation where he was just ready to kill someone. I still am kind of confused about why we have people running around with guns that are allowed to kill people in case there's a situation where someone might get killed. So somebody uh, well, got in killed. Theory, a citizen, that. a private citizen could have done exactly the same thing in those circumstances. It, exactly. And, that's, and I agree with you on that. But he was there. He was witnessing it. And, it, and in those situations, whether or not you're a cop, you, you are your own personal self. You're, you're, you're an individual. In a situation like that, when it comes down to right and wrong, and your own consciousness or your own conscience, you have to say, am I going to sit here and watch someone stab someone to death? Or if I can do something about it, will I do something about it? And it, well, he, he did it not like, stand there and watch someone get stabbed to death. That, that is true. No, he, but he did, sta- he he did knife, stand he there. He knife to the girl's throat. Yeah, but he did stand there and watch someone bleed out as a result of his actions. Yeah, if did. doing the and right thing requires murdering someone, I'm not sure how much you can really well, say well, that's the right thing. I'm not saying it's the right thing, but let me ask you a question. If someone came into your house in the middle of the night and you had family members in that house and they were, were inches from stabbing your family member in the neck, would you use your ability and your, your legal right to carry a firearm to defend you and your family? Oh, I'm absolutely going to defend my family and my home. I wouldn't say it's the and, same and situation. While, while this girl was not, this girl was not his family. It, that's that's kind of what it looked like to me. Now, we could all we we could go on about it all night, but I I just would encourage you guys to actually look at the clip before you just you. I don't think you said anything bad about the cop, and that that's not why I was calling. I just feel like you guys didn't fully understand the full picture. I appreciate it, Brad. Thank you, Brad. And like we like we said at the very beginning, you know, n- none of us knew anything about it. And we, Angie googled it, I think, or used yep, some search engine, and we found an article about it, and we read the article. Mm-hmm. So we had to pretty much go off of what the article said, and if some of what it's characterized isn't true, I mean, that's unfortunate, but that's inevitable. Did he say that the cop uploaded the video to his YouTube channel and was going over it? That is kind of interesting I, to me. I don't think that's what he meant. I oh. think he was referring to a probably a police officer who regularly does cop-ish YouTube videos mm. and who uploaded the video and gave commentary on it. I think that's what he was referring to. But I don't know. You know, it's a difficult question. Uh, there are certainly circumstances where one has to use deadly force in order to protect yourself or your family or your friends or loved ones or whatever. So I can't necessarily say that the cop was wrong to do that here, but it certainly wasn't right. Yeah, that's why... Killing I've... one life to save another life. He... 
So what makes it's one life good better than bad. the other? Yeah, it's exactly. neither good nor bad. Somebody was still killed either way. Like, what, what would be the difference if the cop didn't show up? Somebody else got killed by this girl. I mean, like, I, this seems just as bad to me. And it sounds like there was a group of people. So why didn't someone in the group of people step in before one of the cops got there or got called and try to take the knife from the 15-year-old girl? That would have been helpful. Mm-hmm. In general, it's always a bad idea to call the police. I, I'm reminded of the the woman who called the police to calm down her, four, I think he was 14-year-old. He was a 14-year-old autistic I son. I remember or, that. Or nine years old, even. No, he was 14 uh-huh. and shot nine times. Yep. So she called the police to calm down her autistic son, and the police came out there and killed her son by shooting him nine times. Don't. Don't talk to the police. Don't nope. don't involve them. They they never make anything better. The most they do is just file a report and then carry on with their lives. They don't care about your stuff. They don't care about your protection. You're not them. You're it's not just one a of job. Them. Yep. Thanks for listening. It's been Ladies Night here Thank on Free Talk Live. Back next week, same thing. Of course, we'll be airing tomorrow, same time, same place. Head on over online in the meantime to freetalklive.com. You can find all sorts of cool stuff there, like a chat server at chat.freetalklive.com. Welcome to another exciting adventure of Jonathan Gullible. As you may recall, we last left Jonathan Gullible on a remote Pacific island after his boat was blown far off course by a terrific storm. Eager to learn about the inhabitants of this island, Jonathan wandered across a town square where he came across a vicious hair-pulling, nail-scratching brawl between a man and a woman. Just as the police were dragging them away, Jonathan nudged an onlooker and said, What was the fighting all about? Oh, these two have been screaming at each other for years about the books in the council library. The man says that many of the books are full of trashy sex and immorality, that they should be taken out and burned. What does the woman say to that? (laughs) She calls him a pompous Puritan. However, she claims that many of the library books have sexist and racist messages. She demands that those books should be burned and that her list of books should be purchased instead. And I suppose the police are arresting them because of this brawl? (laughs) Not at all. Both of them are being arrested for not paying the book tax. You see, according to the law, everyone is compelled to pay for all the books, whether they like them or not. Why aren't these people allowed to pay their money to a library of their own choosing? Then they wouldn't have to pay for books they don't like. Oh, there used to be such libraries. They were called subscription libraries because you could voluntarily pay for those you liked. But they've been driven out of business by the free libraries that people are forced to pay for. Everyone's got to pay for those or go to jail. It's much more civilized, don't you think? So ends another bizarre episode in the life of Jonathan Gullible. Build freedom with laughter. Join the community. Access free media clips and more. Or get your free PDF copy of the book. Go to jonathangullible.com now. jonathangullible.com